Open your Bibles with me this morning, if you would please, to Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter number 24. And I am uh, praying, I've been praying and uh, asking the Lord for some direction on a sermon series on just end times. What's, what's going to happen? What are, we, what are we looking to? What are we looking for? And there's a lot of interest in end times prophecy. And I believe this, I believe that we are living in the last days. I believe that any moment Jesus Christ is going to come and, and receive his bride, the rapture of the church. And I believe that at any moment that can happen. And there's a way that Christians ought to be living. If that be true, then we need to be living for Jesus Christ and in telling the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I, uh, I want to go to Matthew chapter 24 because Jesus is, is going to answer some questions and speak about this, this topic. His disciples are intrigued with now his message. They have been following him for some period of time now. And things are, things are somewhat making sense to them, uh, maybe more so than, than when they first met Jesus, this teacher. They believe that he's the Messiah. And Jesus is speaking in chapter number 23. He's going to speak of, of uh, the temple. And, you know, the temple was what a, what a wonderful, wonderful uh, place the temple was there in Jerusalem. It was a place where the people would come and worship an almighty God. Not only just the, the presence of being there in that temple, the, the significance, the beauty of that temple was an amazing, an amazing place. Jesus is speaking in chapter number 24 now, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the, the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus says to his disciples, you see this, the beauty of this? There's going to come a time when not one stone is going to be, be upon the other. This beautiful temple is going to be gone. A few years ago, we took our church, we took about 26 or so people to Israel. And boy, I, I've said this to you often. If, I, if there was one thing I could do with our entire church, it would be take our entire church to Israel on a trip. And just see the, the significance, the beauty of Jerusalem. And, and there's just something so special there. And as we started our journey there in Jerusalem, we started where Jesus, in verse number three, sat with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And as you are there on that Mount of Olives and begin to take that journey down the mount, you can see up and see the, the walls of Jerusalem. The, the, just the beauty of this great city. You know there's something special about this place. We come down to the end of that and we took some time to pray in the garden of Gethsemane and you just knew it was such a special place. In, in verse number three, and, he, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, this is where Jesus now is, they've walked from the temple and they've walked now over to the Mount of Olives and he sits down on the Mount of Olives and he's able to look over. And if you're sitting on the Mount of Olives, you can look over and see all of Jerusalem. The disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? 
And what shall be the signs of the coming and of the end of the world? Now, even 2,000 years ago, the disciples were concerned, were asking these questions. Tell us about these events. Tell us about the end of this age, or tell us, tell us what the future holds. In all since mankind, mankind's been interested in the future. And here Jesus answers and he says unto them, verse number four, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, church, I want you to understand this. As Jesus is sitting with his disciples, he's in a private meeting with just those that are following him. He knows that in a short time, he's going to be crucified. The disciples are going to be scattered. There's going to be some questions and, and concern. And for three days, he's going to lay there. His body's going to lay there. His disciples are going to be in hiding. And then, and then he's going to rise again. And, and the disciples are going to preach the day of Pentecost. And thousands upon thousands are going to be saved. And, and Jesus knows these events that are going to come. But he, he takes a few moments and just sit privately with his disciples and he tells them that these are the things that are going to happen. But as he begins to tell them, he says this, and I want you to see this again. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. As he begins to unveil and allow his disciples to understand the events and what's going to happen, the end of this age, he says to them to begin, he says, be not troubled. Be not troubled. And church, as we look at this passage of scripture today, and maybe for the next several weeks, as we begin to look at end times and what's going to happen, as we see this unfolding in front of our eyes, as we look into this passage of scripture today, you're going to say, this is exactly what's happening in our world. It's like looking into the news and, and seeing these events are taking place. Jesus reminds us before he gets deep into this conversation, he says, be not troubled. We're not to live in fear. All of these things, he says, are going to come to pass. These things are going to happen, but this should not trouble the believer because Jesus Christ is in full control. He goes on to say in verse number six or verse number seven, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdoms against kingdoms. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Now remember, he says, be not troubled. Be not troubled. He says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. They're going to, there's going to be great sorrow. They're going to deliver you up to be afflicted, 
they shall kill you. But remember, he says, be not troubled. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this is why Jesus says, be not troubled. Because this is only a temporary thing in time. Salvation is to those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You see, Christian, we're not to look at this world and be concerned of the events of this world. We're to look to the future. We're to look to eternity and realize this, that our hope and our rest is already settled. It's in Jesus Christ. It's in the gospel. Now, but 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, then shall the end come. The second coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus Christ is a major doctrine in the word of God. It's a major doctrine. Let me, let me just be very clear here today. Jesus Christ is coming again. In the Old Testament, the second coming of Christ is mentioned some 1,200 times in prophecy. 1,200 times it said that the Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is coming again. And in the New Testament, there are over 300 prophecies of Jesus Christ's return. And so in the word of God, over 1,500 or so times, there is mentioned the prophecy that Jesus Christ is coming again. Paul preached and taught to the church at Thessalonica that Jesus was coming again. And he said this, he said that there's gonna come a day, the trump is gonna sound, the dead in Christ are gonna rise, and those that are alive are gonna be caught up with them to be with Jesus Christ forever. And he says this, comfort one another with these words. Whenever you see the second coming of Jesus Christ. For those that know Christ, it's a wonderful occasion. But for those that have rejected Christ, for those that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, for those that are going to be deceived, great sorrow is going to come. You know, we all want to know the future. There's movies made of time machines and people wanting to know the future or people wanting to go in the past, back in the past to change the future. It's, it's something that man is intrigued with. But I want you to know this, the Bible is 100% sure. The Bible is the only book, it's the only way for us to truly know what the future is going to be like. Mankind has guessed but I want you to know this, that every prophecy the Bible has ever prophesied is true. There's not one thing that it's prophesied that it's come back and said it's untrue. So we can believe what the Bible has to say. And so the disciples asked, and they wondered about chapter number 23. They come through as Jesus is debating, as Jesus is speaking, and they're listening to what he's saying as he spoke about the temple. And the disciples want to know this. When will the temple be destroyed? When will you rule and reign? 
And when will this age or when will this time be over? These are the three questions now they're intrigued with. And so Jesus gives them the signs of the times between his first in a second coming. And I want you to look with me today. And today's maybe more of just an introduction to a series here today that I want to speak about. And I want to just settle this in our heart today. As we look at the second coming of Jesus Christ, what is the world going to look like? What is, what is going to take place? Jesus says, as it's taking place, don't be troubled. I want you to look with me in verse number four of chapter 24, verse number four. We'll begin reading here again. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. The first warning that Jesus gives or the first indication that Jesus gives his disciples as they're asking these questions, when is this all going to take place? When is going to be the end of this age? When is going to be the end? When are you coming again? Jesus says, the first thing I want you to understand is there's going to be great deception. I want you to mark this down, great deception. In 1 John chapter number four, I'll, I'll turn there just for sake of time. In 1 John chapter four, verse number one, we find this, the Bible reads, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. The spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of, of those that come saying, I'm opposing Christ, or I am instead of Christ. I am the Christ. And in the past 50 years or so, they say this, no less than a thousand individual people have claimed to be Christ, the Savior of the world. In the last 50 years, in our, la in our lifetime, there is said, there is some 1,000 individual people that have said, I am the Christ to deceive. There's great cults in the world claiming that they are the son of God that have led hundreds and thousands of people astray. And, and, and listen to me today, the Bible, Jesus says this, I want you to be careful of deceptions. I want you to be careful of what you're hearing. I don't want you to be swayed, uh, those that are following me. Now is not the time to be Bible illiterate in the churches today. Now is not the time for the churches to just gloss over and have a feel-good gospel. Now is not the time for us to have uh, itchy ears and, and wanting to hear something that, that entertains us. If there's ever been a time that we need to know what the Bible has to say, if there's ever a time that we as a church, as a body of believers in Jesus Christ, must stand for the truth of the gospel, my friend, I believe it's this age. It's this time. Because many are going to come and deceive. Many are going to come and, and, and in Jesus' name and declare that they have the truth. 
Number two, I want you to see this. Not only Jesus warns us of deception, he also warns us of this. Look with me in verse number six. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> how, how many of you have ever heard of wars or rumors of wars in your lifetime? It's all around us. See that ye be not troubled. You know, as we get to the end of this age, we are hearing of wars in the intensity of wars. I, I always say that I'm gonna stop watching the news and then I start a series like this where I'm studying current events. And I'm telling you, it seems like every nation is against nations. And when we hear of wars, it's not just even nation against nation. Do you know how much is going on behind the scenes trying to topple nations? You know, we hear of this word cyber warfare. How many of you ever heard of that cyber warfare? You see, sometimes when we think of war, we think of going in and, and, and attacking someone with a gun, shooting someone with a gun, dropping bombs. But there are nations that are being toppled. There are kingdoms that are being toppled without a, 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 a gun even being shot. There's on purpose some that are trying to topple uh, countries by, by financial ruin. Matter of fact, matter of fact, it, I believe it was uh, a leader in communist Russia that believed this and said this of America, that they're going to be able to take over America without a shot being fired. And unfortunately, in many cases, it seems like they're succeeding because things are falling apart. China. China is building one of the greatest militaries this world has ever seen. China is, is trying to take over areas in the, in the China Sea and Taiwan. And you see what's happening in Afghanistan. You see what's happening with Russia. You see, even in our own hemisphere, it seems like, like uh, places in South America, there's wars and there's rumors of wars. I want to remind you that our own country came out of the longest war, a 20-year war. It's almost to the place that wars and rumors of wars are happening so often that we have just become numb to it. This nation is against this nation. If you were to go into the, to the east, you would find countries like North Korea that every single day, the nations around them are concerned with a nuclear war. Living in fear. Living in concern of a, of a bomb dropping. Or there are some nations across this land, uh, across this country, or across this nation, uh, uh, this world, that ye, they live in fear. They have bomb shelters in their backyards in case the sirens go off and they know they need to retreat because they're living in a day where there's wars and there's rumors of wars. In the Middle East, everything is upside down because of wars and rumors of wars. Go with me to Zechariah, if you would please, just a few pages over in the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter number 12. Zechariah chapter number 12. 
in verse number two, the Bible says, behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All the burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Oh, I would tell you this. If you aren't uh, aware, it just seems like all of the world is against Israel today. A couple years back before when we took our, uh, some families from our church to Israel, it was, it was enlightening to see there's walls in, 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 uh, out, right outside of Jerusalem. These aren't the walls that you find near the, the former side of the temple. These are walls that divide Palestine and, and Palestinians from coming where the, the Jews live and from the Jews going to where they live. And they gave us the history of the different sectors, sector A, B, and C, and what that means. And, and there are some that live in part of Israel that have never been allowed to go to the other part of Israel because of the wall that's taken their, their the entire world. Could you imagine being a nation where it seems like the entire world is against you? That's what Israel is like. We see in Zechariah Bible prophecy being fulfilled, wars in rumors of wars. Not long ago, just recently, just several months ago, we found thousands of missiles being shot into Israel. Israel then defending herself against all of these missiles and then world leaders coming against Israel for defending herself. I want you to see that Bible tells us Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, I want you to understand at the end of this age, there's going to be great deception. There's going to be great divisions. There's going to be nations against nations. Look with me in verse number seven, as Jesus goes on, chapter number 24 of Matthew, uh, verse number seven, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in, in diverse places. I want you to see here, the Bible says this, in verse number seven, there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. There's going to be great famines. Even in our own country, the Pacific Northwest, they're saying that the farmers and those that are growing crops because of the drought and because of the fires, because of all the events that are taking place in the end uh, or in the, in the Pacific Northwest, it's caused great food shortages. There's nations in Africa that have had great food shortages and, and, and uh, there's, there's great famines taking place. You see, as these events unfold and these things begin to happen, it's going to happen because Jesus said it's going to happen. Now the world, the leaders of the world, they're trying to make up reasons why it's happening. And so we'll say things like this. There's major food shortages. We see these events happening. We see this happening. This is man's fault and it's climate change or global warming. Before it was called global warming. Remember when it was called global warming? And then what happened? It began to get cold. And we got to change it from global warming to what now? Climate change. 
and now all the nations of the world are willing to bankrupt themselves because of famines and climate change that's happening. But I want you to understand something. Jesus prophesied that great disasters are going to come and man cannot stop it. No matter how much money they throw at it, no matter how much time they put at it, no matter how much science they throw at it, you know what we find? That if the Bible says that it's true, they're not going to be able to stop what Jesus Christ said is going to come true. There's great famines. We see that in our world today. Pestilences. Boy. A pestilence is a fatal epidemic disease. Well, think about that. A fatal epidemic disease. You know, in the last hundred years, the disease that has filled this world. We see the whole world turned upside down because of a disease that came into this world just last year. We read of diseases like cancer. You know, when you, remember, remember some of you older folks remember this. Back, way back when you were younger, you heard of cancer, but, but now you, you know someone in your immediate family. If you, if you were to look at our prayer list, our prayer list is full of people of all ages with cancer, with disease. The medical community is growing at an alarming rate. That's not because people are healthy. It's because of disease. Great, great problems that we find in this world because of pestilence, because of disease today. And this is happening right before us. And Jesus says there's going to be great famines, there's going to be great disease or pestilence, there's going to be great earthquakes. They say this, there's been a, a major increase in earthquakes around this world. And in verse number eight, the Bible says this, and I need to hurry. Verse number eight, the Bible says, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. And that word sorrow there is the same as birth pains or birthing pains for a woman. I had the, I had the uh, joy of being in the room when all five of my children were born. And, and I remember going through Lamaze class. I only did that because my wife wanted me to. And, and, uh, and I, we went through these weeks of Lamaze class and, 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 and we're sitting there and there were some of these guys, they were like really into it, Keith. Like they actually wanted to be there. And I just was like, oh, all right. And she'd get mad at me. This is serious. You need to like learn this. This is your fault that we're even here, you know? <laughs> And so we're sitting on the ground and we're going through all of these breathing things. And, and um, I mean, it was great. And, 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 and I'm kind of like, you know, and these other guys are practicing their breathing. And, and, then, and then someone, someone made the foolish mistake of putting five or six pregnant women with their husbands in one elevator after the last, after the last class of Lama's class. And we got stuck 
you just have to know my humor. I'm laughing. I, I'm thinking this is funny. And all the other guys that were like practicing their breathing, they're like in the elevator now. <laughs> like they're going to deliver. We actually had to crawl out of this elevator. It was, it was, that was the best day of Lama's classes for me. I'm like, if we could do this every week, I'd go. So we go, we get into the, Jacob is, is, is uh, going to be born and we're there in the delivery room and I'm all excited. And, and all of the things that I learned in this class came back to me. And so I, I got over to Michelle and I'm like, all right, babe, we're going to breathe and we're going to do everything. And she looks at me and she says, get away. <laughs> and I went over into the corner and I sat there. Not one thing I learned. I used more in the elevator that I learned than I did in the actually birthing of our child. But I learned this. When a child is born, there's great birthing pains. I'll be honest with you guys. I was sitting there as my wife is giving birth and I really felt guilty. I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. And then, you know, as the time came even closer and then the pain, the birthing pain, and this is that word sorrow here in the Bible, verse number eight, all these are the beginning of sorrow, that birthing pain, the earth is heaving in pain when all of these things are going to happen. And that's where we see today, the earth is just heaving in pain. I want you to see this. I need to hurry. In verse number nine, the Bible says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Number four, would you write this down? Defamation. Believers of Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Believers, those that preach Jesus Christ will be killed. Today, in nations around this world, Christians are being persecuted. Matter of fact, it's proven, it's a fact now in Afghanistan, they are searching out believers and they are being killed. In China, churches are being bulldozed down and Christians are being tormented and placed in jail for simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Communism, they said, since World War II has killed more than 50 million Christians. You see, all religions are accepted in this age, except one. You can pray to whoever you want to pray in this world, except Jesus Christ. You can believe, you can have a new age way of thinking, you can have religion, but oh, if you're going to teach and preach Jesus Christ, they say this even in America, we live in a post-Christian America. While, while churches were being closed down this last year and some just saying, oh, what's the big deal? The big deal is this, the persecution against the Christian. Bible-believing Christians are, are labeled. They're labeled as homophobic. They're labeled as racist. They're labeled as haters. They're, they're labeled as homegrown terrorists. And they must be stopped because they preach and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
There's legislation in our government today that says if you preach certain things, the pastor can come in and be arrested and jailed for simply preaching what the Bible has to say. In church, we're just a little bit, we're just a few votes shy of that becoming law. We're spiraling out of control. The message of the gospel is being persecuted and those that preach the gospel is being persecuted. Look with me, I must move on. Verse number 10, the Bible says, and then there shall be, then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Desertion, many are going to leave. I said this to my wife and we had a conversation just, we, we, I feel like we seem to have this often. People are so easily offended anymore. So easily offended. And the Bible says that's a sign of the end times. Many are going to leave. Hatred and bitterness toward each other. Verse number 10, Jesus said, this is, this is what's going to happen. Look with me in verse number 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Verse number 11. Now there's a difference. You say, what's the difference now between this? There's an antichrist. He says, don't be deceived. There's going to be antichrist. And then he comes back and says, there's going to be many false prophets. Is he repeating himself? No. No, he's not repeating himself at all. You see, Antichrist is more of religion. It's, it's anti-Jesus Christ. False prophets are just simply this, those who speak with authority. Those who speak with authority. And Jesus says in verse number 11, there's going to be many false prophets shall arise. False prophets. People that come and speak with authority and their authority that they speak upon and what they speak of are lies. I want you to write this down. Jesus says this, number six, in verse number 11, disinformation. Disinformation. Oh, listen to me. We live in a world. How many of you, sometimes you think, I don't know what to believe. How many over this last year you think, I don't know what to believe. Jesus warns of this. Humanism stresses the rights of mankind and we see this all around the world and this is what a false prophet will do. Stresses the rights of mankind, puts man above God, but a true prophet stresses the rights of God and puts God above man. We're living in a day today where they don't want God above man. They want man to be a God. They want man to be in charge. We live in a day where humanism is raging in our land and in this world. And Jesus says, be careful. Because in these days, there's going to be some that are going to stand. and They're going to, with authority, speak what they say is truth, but it's false. And he warns of this. This is what's going to be happening Verse number 12, look with me in verse number 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. 
Number seven, would you write this down? Jesus says, I'm warning you of depravity. Depravity of man. Sin has filled the earth. And Jesus said this, as in the days of Noah. Well, what was happening in the days of Noah? If you go back and you study what was happening in the days of Noah, you know what? Man was filled with sinful thoughts continually. Isn't it a shame in our nation today, the major cities in our nation, senseless murders are taking place? Violence? I was doing some researches of just, just serial, serial killers in our nation just as I'm studying through. I'll tell you, as I've been studying through this end times prophecy, it's scary stuff. It's stuff you're like, this is sick. the serial killer that many in America don't even know about. We know of some of the well-known ones, but the one, he's killed over 90 women in this nation. And, and, and I was reading through the interview of him and he simply said this, uh, he would rape and kill these, these 90 women. He says, I, I, I don't want to be known as a rapist. I want to be known as a killer. He'd choke the life he didn't use a knife. He didn't use a gun. He choked the life out of these 90 women all across this land. This is our nation. This is in our generation. Depravity of man. Sickness of man. The sinful state of man. They say with this Gen Z, one of, the, one of the things of this generation is just they're self-absorbed and life is all about them. If you ask them, they'll tell you. You know what this depravity is? A self-interest. Only I matter. How many of you realize we live in a generation that only I matter? You don't matter unless you like me. You know what, this depravity that he speaks about in verse number 12, and this because of this iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. It's a, a there's no right and there's no wrong. You just live however you want to live. Does that not describe this generation? Right is wrong and wrong is right. And if you don't agree with my wrong, if you call my wrong wrong and don't call it right, then you're wrong. Jesus says, this is what the generation is going to come. Live how you choose to live. Be what you want to be. And total lawlessness, this iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. Total lawlessness. Think about over the last however many months, the world is calling for total lawlessness. Jesus said, this is the time to look. And if you look at these seven things, you say, boy, whew, boy, this is heavy. 
But Christian, I end with this. Look with me in verse number 13. The Bible says this, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Oh, listen to me, number eight, write this down, please, in your notes, the declaration, the declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, we live in a world today where it seems like iniquity is abounding. It seems like false prophets are everywhere. It seems like there's wars and rumors of wars. And if you look, many are being deceived and it seems almost hopeless. But also in this day, in this generation, at this time, Jesus says the gospel is gonna go forth. And I want you to know this, like no other time in history, the gospel is being preached around this world. Oh, we have the ways, the technology of like radio and television and the internet and the printing of material like no other generation has had. The gospel of Jesus Christ is being declared even in closed countries. I, I, I say today there are missionaries that are going behind enemy lines that are preaching the gospel. We support a missionary that is putting up radio towers all over this world to, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and pump it through radio waves into countries that are closed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like no other time in history, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going around this world. We live in an exciting time for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where you say amen, church. We live in the most exciting days. The signs of the time are everywhere. But I want you to know this, that Jesus is coming again. How do we know this? Because the Bible says it's true. And so therefore, church, those of us that know Jesus Christ, we must be preparing for this. Let's not get involved in all the iniquity and all the garbage that's happening in this world. Let's be a part of the declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As the world is spiraling out of control, you know what the message we have is? Jesus is coming again. As the world is bound in iniquity and seemingly lost, we have a message that Jesus Christ is hope. We have the message of the cross. And that's why Jesus says, all of these things are happening, but be not troubled. Be not troubled. He's going to overcome. Jesus Christ is victorious. And one day this will all be gone. And those, the Bible says, that have endured. Now listen to me, enduring doesn't get you saved. The saved endure. What gets you saved is believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will endure till the end and you will be saved. Would you bow in prayer with me today? Father in heaven, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. When many of us see what's happening all around us, we can be fearful, we can be afraid, we can be scared, we can be unsure, but you say not to be troubled because it's all happening because it's your plan. So Lord, help us to have hope that's sure the gospel 
Help us to trust. Help us to obey. Help us to believe truth. And oh Lord, today, if there's one here today that's nervous and anxious and concerned, Lord, I pray that you help us to see that you are in control, that you have prophesied, that you have spoke these words and your words are true. And so all the things, all the events that are taking place, they're taking place leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And oh God, we rejoice in that as a church today because there's hope. Lord, if all of these events were taking place and there was no hope of eternity, we would have no place but to fear. Life would not be worth living. And oh Lord, it's worth living because we can declare the gospel. We can declare the truth. And those that are living in hopelessness and fear can come out of the bondage that sin has a hold of them on. And they too can be gloriously saved. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. I wonder. I wonder if there's one here today that you would say, I need to trust Christ. Boy, you 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 were preaching all this gloomy things, and I was getting worried. When you got to that last one about the de- declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to be saved. I want eternal life. I want what Jesus is offering I wonder if there's one here today you would say this today I want to be saved today I want to trust Jesus Christ as my savior I want to be saved today I want eternal life is there one here like that today just lift up your hand anyone Christian Christian I want you to I want you to ask yourself this question. What are you living for? Jesus sat with his disciples privately. They were concerned. Tell us about this. And he tells them, this is what's going to happen. But be not troubled. Be not troubled. He's in control. He's victorious. His word is true. His promises are are true. Will you trust him? He says, those that endure shall be saved. I want to encourage you, church, through these difficult times, as we call the end days, as we call the time before the return of Christ, times are going to be difficult. Times are going to be hard. Sorrow, great sorrow. Great earth is going to go through great birthing pains. Jesus is always victorious. Are you trusting in him? Is your faith in him? Are you letting him lead and guide and direct? Are you laying all of your anxiety, all of your fear at the foot of the cross? accepting his mercy and his grace? Are you living with hope? I ask that you stand with me today. 
If that's your prayer, if you are one here today, say, I want to live with hope. I want to live with anticipation. I want to live with excitement. And I want to live declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you raise your hand with me today and say, that's my prayer. That's my hope in these end times. I want to live declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, you see these hands all over the auditorium. Lord, you know our hearts. Lord, dismiss us, I pray as an army of soldiers victorious because of the finished work of the cross to go out into this world and declare the gospel message of Jesus Christ. May we declare hope. May we declare deliverance from sin, from bondage. May we declare victory in Jesus Christ because of the cross of Calvary. So give us strength and courage, we pray. And we ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people said, amen. Amen, church, you are dismissed.